0: We've had so many people tell us that often it's the spouse saying, you need to quit. You keep saying this, you know, what are you going to do? So make sure the stakeholders are well informed of what's going on. Number two is your partners. These are the people that may be part of your current business or it may be somebody that you work with or close to what you do that need to know. Number three is your mentors. These are the people I'd go to Pat, I'd go to Maddie, I'd go to others. Where do you think I best lie in my next career? Let me run some ideas by. And number four is the coaches. It's great to have a coach on your side who can help you through this process.
1: I'm excited to welcome into the show two of my favorite human beings on the planet, Tim Rode, Pat Hyven. How we doing, fellas? Maddie, A.
0: What up, Maddie?
1: Oh, man. You know, when you do a podcast, normally it's you want to come off professional and formal, and sometimes you're meeting the guests for the first time, or you've got you know a little bit of background on them. But I got a lot of background and history with you guys. So. Oh, boy. Some some we may not even share on, this, yeah. share on this share uh, on this this podcast today. I'll
2: say I'll say, boy, <laughs> I
1: said, boy, <laughs> you about as sharp as a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Good, buddy.
2: What's yeah, going on? Yeah.
1: Do doing well, man. Man, it's I've been, been uh, it's been be amazing. Going. You guys have been uh, for those that don't know, Pat and Tim. And if you've been listening, longtime listeners of the show, you you've you've heard their episodes before and, and how much wisdom these guys carry and, and how fun and awesome and, and real they are. Um, you guys have been on this journey with me from the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey and have really helped me navigate, one, crafting my identity, two, helping me quit and commit to certain paths and parts of my professional life, my you know family life, personal life. And so I'm really excited to be talking about something that I think, one, you've been sharing with me subconsciously and passively for so long. And now you guys have really put some passion and purpose behind this message and this mission of you know helping people really find their passion, their purpose, and quit doing some of the things that ultimately people feel obligated to do for so many parts of their life, if not their entire life to go out and live the most epic, you know, life that you possibly can. And that is The Quitter's Manifesto. You guys have launched this new book that's coming out. What is The Quitter's Manifesto? Go, Pat Hyman. So here's the thing, Mattie.
2: Um, You know, a lo- there's a lot of people out there that want to quit. Now, that being said, this book isn't for everybody. Like there's there's people that don't need to quit, that shouldn't quit, you you know, that that are that are good at their jobs and like their jobs, and their jobs are providing the support that they and their families need. This book is not for them. This book is for those people that kind of show up every day and they're just not feeling good about their job. Maybe at a party, their spouse lets out, he hates his job or she hates her boss or something like that. And they kind of know in the, in the deep depths of their mind that if someone said to them, Hey, if you had $5 million in the bank, what would you do? And they'd be like, I quit.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know what I mean? You ever see when people win the lottery and they, they stay at work, they go, Oh, I love my job. I'm, I'm staying. But then there's people that win the lottery and they're like, I am out of here. Yeah, I am out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: Oh,
2: man. Um, Yeah, so anyway, so this is for those people that that really want to quit but just can't.
1: Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer For a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash Mindcast and get started. We didn't
2: want to write a book where Tim and I were like coaching people to quit. We didn't want to be like inspirational in the sense of, of you can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, quit your job now, believe in yourself, blah, blah. We didn't want to be Mm -hmm. cheerleading like that. We thought the world didn't need that. There's plenty of podcasts and plenty of people out there that offering inspiration and strategy kind of, you know, we wanted that. We wanted to write a book that was tactical. We wanted, we wanted specifics. Like what do you got to change in your head first and foremost? And then what do you got to change in real life first and foremost? And we liken this book to a a circus, right? A trapeze with trapeze bars and a trapeze safety net. And by that, like each chapter of this book, is like a trapeze bar. The first bar Is this the second bar? Is this the third bar? Is this, and then at the bottom of those bars is a safety net. So, those people that are looking at the edge, looking over the edge of a cliff, and let let me jump to this like, if you took 999 people and you brought them to the edge of a cliff and you said, Jump, jump off and figure it out, 998 are going to run, they might get a selfie on the way out, and then they're just going (laughs) to run only one is like an entrepreneur, like, like us, like the three of us is going to jump off and be like, okay, now how do we create a parachute? Most of them are going to run. Mm-hmm. And, and so we know that going in. So that's why we said, okay, well, let's build a safety net. Let's build the trapeze bars that you can hold on to. And then let's allow people to go across the ravine to the other side. Uh, now that they have built these tactical things. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys have ultimately created a framework that doesn't allow emotion and passion to just drive the next step, but an actual guide, a roadmap, stepping stones for doing it successfully. And so where does somebody that comes to you being that, I mean, with GoBundance, right, you have ultimately created a community and an environment where there are so many of these people who have quit something that they weren't passionate about and followed and pursued their dreams to unlock a life that most people go, God, I just, I wish I could be more like that person. And so you guys have ultimately created this think tank, this incubator, this space of study of how to do it at a really, really high level. So for those that are going, where do I start with all of this? Because what you're saying is speaking to my soul right now, but I need some tactics. What does that first step look like? don't you talk about the cliff,
0: Pat, you know what, what that, that, that's probably the first starting you're at the cliff and,
2: and you just got to making an acknowledgement that, yeah, it is scary. Like you got to admit, like the first chapter of the book is admitting fear, right? Like, like it's scary. It's a very scary thing. And you got to admit that it's scary. Yeah. And it's good that it's scary because you're going to succeed because of that fear. You, you know, if you're not scared, you're going to fail because you're like, I had to work itself out. You know what I mean? And then, and then nothing will happen. So we want you to be scared so that you push forward. But at the same time, we don't want you to be petrified so that you're like, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Frozen. And that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, fear is such a, it's such a mind fuck in terms of it creates that moment to moment awareness that creates that intentionality and that purpose of like I can't screw this up because there's so much at stake. I'm so scared of what could happen or what won't happen. Right. So like it creates this environment of awareness. Once you're aware and you kind of surrender to that fear, then it's going, I okay, I got to do something about this to alleviate what it is that might be preventing me from taking that next step. So once you acknowledge and admit that it's there. What do you suggest somebody does? Because I know for a lot of people, right, they also are very attached to the comfort and the identity of what they've been wrapped into for so long in their life. So how does one not only acknowledge the fear, but also identify how they can move beyond what they are in that moment?
0: The first chapter is all about the cliff and, and acknowledging this is scary. You know, I don't want to look down, I don't want to move forward. I'm a little uh perplexed on where what to do. So the first so the next thing we have you do is realize how bad is it. And and we have this tool called the soul sucking audit that, mm-hmm. that has you take a really good look, how bad is the suck? And a good example, when I sold real estate when I first started, when Pat sold real estate, we freaking loved it. Pat, Maddie, you can relate to this. Yep. It was so fun. We were so good at it. And then, uh, almost every career, at some point, it starts to oxidate. Yeah. So you need to ask yourself, how bad is it? And with the soul sucking autumn audit, we have you look at five different things. Number one, what's your uh, your compensation? Are you being uh, fairly compensated? Number two, respect from the bosses from the people that you work for number three you're fit within the team Am I am i a good fit of of the group that i'm working with number four your ability to grow within the team that you're you're growing you're being you you feel like you're useful and here's number five is the most important how do you feel every day when you wake up mm-hmm. <laughs> you know do i want to let me add on? When I first started real estate to have the end, I never want to list another freaking house. Yeah. So so it starts to oxidize. So if you are a seven, eight, nine, or a 10 and you love what you're doing, why would you leave? Yeah. You know, you might need to tweak it a bit. But if you're a six, five, four, three, two, one, it's time to. You know, look at what's next for you. So that's the second tool is the soul sucking audit to to
1: realize how bad is the suck or not. <laughs> yeah, and then once you have kind of gotten some clarity around that piece, right? You're like, okay, it, it, it's time for me. the The biggest thing that I know, at, at least for me, that creates some anxiety when I'm going after something new is like that uncertainty, right? Like. You believe deep down inside or else you wouldn't probably even be exploring some of those feelings that you're meant for more. There's more out there for you. There's a better plan, a better path, more freedom, more income, whatever it is that you're going after. But then there's that uncertainty that sets in that goes well, man, what if I don't make enough money to cover my bills for that first month? Or what if I lose a bunch of money going after something, you know, that I feel like I'm meant for? Like, how do you get somebody to buy into that mentally, but also take the steps physically next? What's that for you, Pat?
2: Um, you know, it's all a process, right? It's all a process. I mean, there's, and we have ten, 10 or so steps in the book. We also have seven um, case studies where we took seven people who had W-2s or were in circumstances uh, that, that paid them money that they disliked profusely and they quit. And they um, are now living a life of of liberation where they're happy and excited to work every day and they like, you know, they, they don't m- meet any of those metrics of the soul sucking audit or, or they were on the soul sucking audit. They, they have tens instead of fours. Um, uh, you know, one of those is what, one of the many things we tell you to do is, is build a safety net, right? Like, cause you may fall off one of the trapeze bars, like it happened, you know, like Tim tells a story about it. A buddy of his who who he, you know, gave a lot of motive, motivational advice to to quit his W-2 and become a realtor. And lo and behold, the the guy didn't sell any houses. And next thing you know, his house got foreclosed on. and He went bankrupt.
1: Damn, Tim. <laughs> True story. Uh, 2008
0: during the downturn.
2: so so he slipped on the
0: bar but go ahead yeah and and that's a great story he he literally fell off the bar it was during 2008 he was the um golf pro at at where i Mm live and i talked him into getting into real estate and and he had just wrong time wrong place wrong uh office and he did lose his home and he moved to park city utah who he's where he's now, if he's not the number one agent, he's one of the top wow. in park city. So, so it took him a while to kind of find it his way. And that's the reality. That's a great story right there. Pat. Cause that's so, the way this goes. So, sometimes you don't catch it. right?
2: Yeah. Sometimes you don't, you know, sometimes you fail. I've had, I've had a bunch of stuff I failed at, you know what I mean? Um, and so we want you to build that net underneath. And we want you to know, going into this, that there's a net underneath The last thing we want to do is there's a bunch of people quitting their jobs, and then you know you're
1: gonna have a lot of hate mail, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly so um so we we encourage them to build the financial safety net, and uh, that's chapter seven of the book actually and basically we tell them there's three things that they need to do to build that. The The first is to get real. And what that means is get real on your expenses. Like everybody BS their expenses. When you say, how much are your bills? They round them up to a hundred and it, it could be off by $200 a month or a couple hundred dollars a month. It, they just don't know. When you ask them, you know, add up all of your, uh, uh, television accounts of what you're paying for streaming services and, and monthly things on your iPhone. They have no clue. So we tell them to get real and write down every single penny that you're paying out and look at, you know, what is your burn rate? That's the term that they use in the investment world. Like how much are you burning every month? Yep. What can you cut back on? You know, what can you change? What can you refinance to lower the payment, you know, to get really tight there? is the first and have a really good knowledge of how much money you actually have and how much money you actually spend. The second is get credit. And by that we, we mean, you know, open up as many credit cards as you can now while you have a job, right? While you have an income, while you qualify, because guess what? When you become uh, self-employed and you start doing a self-employed tax return or something like that, or open up a business, Nobody's going to give you credit in the beginning, so um, so get it all now. Like get a whole bunch of cards, get uh, overdrafts at your bank, uh, take out home equity loans, take out HELOCs, get some private loans. We even recommend you know if you're getting a home equity loan at South State Bank, we'll take out all the money and move it to North State Bank because you, you know if what happened last time in the downturn is all these private equity loans, the banks called them if they weren't used. But if you already spent the money, there's nothing you can do, right? So you you get the money and then you just move it to another bank in a savings account. Um, And then the third thing is you just build up your emergency fund. You got to figure out, like, how much do you actually want in an emergency fund? Some people might say three months expenses. Some might say six, some might say 12. But, we encourage you to do that. And we tell you ways that you can do that. For instance, you know, open up a, open up a savings account that's that you don't have access to on your phone, that you don't have an ATM, maybe at a different bank, something that you can't touch and have a certain amount going to it every month, you know, whether it's 10%, 20%, whatever you can afford, just have it going in there knowing that you're going to quit someday. And then, you you know, you might not quit today, but hopefully someday you will quit. Mm -hmm. And if you could set up these things now, um, it's going to help you. And we kind of guide you through that. And, and eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to have that safety net and you're going to be like, okay, now I got the safety net. Now it's time to get on the first trapeze bar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I call that the Swan effect. I think, you know, Swan sleep well at night, like if if shit went to hell in a handbasket, what would still allow you to sleep well at night for, Mm. like you said, six months or 12 months, right? Knowing that you're going to fall down and let's just assume you're going to skin your knee, right? Hopefully it's nothing catastrophic that your whole life comes unraveled. But at the same time, you have to assume that you're going to have some, you know, failing moments along the way. And so what allows you to know you're going to have those failing moments and still lay your head down at the pillow at night knowing you got food on the table, the electricity bills turned on and paid, right? Your kids or your family are taken care of, but you're still giving yourself the best opportunity and runway to go out there and do that. And for you, you're saying that's the the safety net, right? That people need to have in order to still... Because there is that, like I think, peace of mind that if you're constantly... I agree with the pressure creates diamonds and right it could that that healthy stress forces and forges people to learning and sharpening their skills and growing and becoming somebody new and better but then there's also a place where it becomes very toxic and consuming right and it takes away that creativity it takes away that resourcefulness and so you're saying like build that moat around the space you need to go and take that risk knowing you're probably going to have some bumps and bruises along the way mm-hmm.
0: Yep, absolutely. And and you
1: may even, I'm thinking back to that, that
0: guy with real estate back in 2008, you know, think about it. He really took a bad fall and mm-hmm. and talk about buns and bruises. He freaking broke his knee,
1: you know? Yeah, losing your name. house. Most people would was, probably quit and go back yeah. to being bitter and not yep. being the number yep. one agent. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I know him. He, uh, I bet he leaned on his family, I bet, you know, he, he called in some chips and he's, and he's just a great guy. He's maddie you know, just as you dude. And, he, and he's just a really, really nice guy, hardworking. He, everybody knew he'd find his way. He was a golf pro. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he wasn't, that wasn't a professional to begin with, but he had a, a tough case of this where he really had to, find his uh, next step and ended up in
1: Park City. So, so ta- you s- you said something that I think is important is, um, let's assume you're going to have some bumps and bruises along the way, how critical it is to have the right people around you. And mm-hmm. I heard you say this, your quit team, right? Talk about that council. Talk about that board of directors. Talk about what does it look like for the average person to say, who do I need in my corner to give me the best chance when I quit, when I make this transition to go out and succeed over this extended period of time?
0: Yeah, there's four people involved in this. And, and number one is those nearest and dearest to you. And, and that's your stakeholders. That's your spouse. That's your family. Those are most affected by your decisions. So it starts with them and they need to know early on, you know, things are starting to rust and oxidize. I'm starting to feel this. And we've had so many people tell us that, Often it's the spouse saying, you need to quit. You keep saying this, you know, what are you going to do? So so make sure the stakeholders are well informed of what's going on. Number two is your partners. These are the people that may be part of your current business or it may be somebody that you work with or close to what you do that need to know. Number three is your mentors. These are the people I'd go to Pat. I'd go to Maddie. I'd go to others. What do you think? You know, where do you think I best lie in my next career? Where can I let me run some ideas by you? Okay. And number four is the coaches. If you're lucky enough to afford a coke. It's great to have a coach on your side who can help you through this process. We have a uh, coaching program that's coming out of this. It's called the Quitter's Playbook. And you can get more information at quittersplaybook.com on coaching, on how to quit. So so if you can afford a coach, that's a great thing to have. So you have your stakeholders, your, your mentors, the partners and the coaches that are part of your team going forward.
1: I love that. You guys have always been very honest and transparent about, um, you know, really digging in and being honest with the reality of certain situations And I know for a lot of people they struggle with, and I'll raise my hand on this of saying, when you do hit a wall, when you do fall down on your face, when is it time to quit? And when is it time to stay the course and keep going? Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of fifty thousand dollars a year this mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that how to find how to analyze how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready, to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are going to fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application. Now, again, that's my first five zero K.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join. And I can't wait to connect with you soon.
2: That is hard. I mean, it's hard to, you want to tackle it, Tim? You know the answer? Yeah, I'll
0: I'll touch on it. Why don't you kind you know, follow me up. Yeah, sure. I got a couple of things I want to touch on. Number one, I've, I've coined this term called, aggressively patient and it's how you invest you know you're aggressively looking for great deals but you're patient enough to only take the good deals so this is the same way you are in your quitting process in 2001 i wanted to move to the freaking mountains and have this every day and unfortunately i couldn't because i was living in manstinka Um, excuse me, Manteca. (laughs) And I had to be there and I didn't want to be. And my daughter was 16 years old and she was going to graduate in 2003. She said, dad, if you quit, if you move to the mountains now and take me out of uh, 11th grade, um, I will act up. Her words were dad, I'll be a bad girl and you know I could do it. Sorry, Sarah. (laughs) But uh yeah, and now she's 35 years old and my goodness, what what a great lady. Um, but but this was a a very real challenge I had. I was ready to quit and move to the mountains and sell it all. And uh it wasn't right for her. And as it turned out, it wasn't right for the market. I had four more years to run. To, to, to still work my game and I and and not quit them and have the tenacity to wake up every day and do something that had I it had rusted I was done I was wanting to move to the mountains but I couldn't you know mm-hmm. and because I didn't when I did sell out in you know the two thousand five two craze in Cali. It worked out really well. The, the
1: timing was perfect. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. I, so. I, I think I heard some stuff in there too of like, you know, there, it, it was not necessarily all about you. There were other variables in this equation that you were weighing in as well. So I think it's independent to each person's situation. And what anchors they have and what freedoms they have. And the other thing that kind of came to mind that I often ask myself is, what does it take to earn the right? What does it take to earn the right to quit? And you guys kind of talk about those in the trapeze bars, right? Of like, there's a process and a sequence. And if you've gone through that process, you've looked at and kind of, you know, left no stone unturned in each one of those bars, you have a plan, you've thought these things through. Now you're giving you you've you've earned that by putting in the work to know that you've you're giving yourself the best chance to quit instead of just saying, hey, fuck it. You know, I want to quit. This makes the most sense. Somebody told me I need to be, you know, going off and doing these things. It's what does it take to earn the right? And how many people really put in that amount of work and weigh out all those options and think about all that stuff at a really high level. Cause then if you fail and you fail forward, hey, whatever. Like I busted my ass to put myself in this position and I can feel good about that versus being like, I'm out of here. Peace. I'm done. And then you fail and you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I could have done this, this, and this, which really would have probably told me I needed to wait another couple of years or whatever it may be. Yeah, the way
0: I look at it, this whole thing is almost like a part-time job, you know, while you're 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 one, you're in one incarnate. Carcination. I didn't say that right. Um, uh, but, but you're looking for the next thing for you. And sometimes, um, you know, it just takes a while for it all to come together. And that was a great example using my daughter as, as part of our stakeholders that, that I needed to make it sure it was right for her, Mm. you know? So that was a huge piece of it. How about for you, Pat?
2: Yeah, I mean, one one of the things that we talk about in the book is the three questions that you really should ask yourself before you quit and while you're thinking about, should I quit or not, right? And the first is that cliche question that Anthony Robbins always says, which is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? It's a great journaling exercise. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 can write out all kinds of manic things about how your business would blow up and explode and, 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 and and really good stuff. But the second question is even better. It's what would you do if you did fail? What would you do if you did fail? And what happens is people realize that things would be a lot better than they think. Like a lot of people will visualize, Oh God, you know, they'll talk to themselves and they'll be like, Oh man, if I fail, I'm going to be living in my car. I'm going to be begging for food, you know, and it be, it's going to be terrible and blah, blah, blah. My kids are going to starve to death, you know, all these unrealistic things. But in reality, when they really think about it, they're like, well, my boss really likes me. He would probably hire me back, you know? Um, well, I do have a degree in accounting, so I would just go and get another job doing accounting. You know what I mean? It, And most of the people that are quitting or almost all of them have skill sets that they could pick right back up and probably go back to where they were close Mm. to it. Um, but they just don't realize it. And then then the third question is, are you currently failing? And that's the deep one, right? That's like, wow, you know, am I failing at life? Am I failing at, you know, you know, if I died today, would I be happy with my decisions as to what I chose to do? You know, and, uh, and most people would probably say, no, I wish I had done this. They'd have a, gr- a lot of regrets about yeah. their occupation.
0: Yeah. And I think back when I was in the grocery business and they wouldn't give people who had been there for 10 years, like time off for the parent teacher conference tuesday at two and they'd be on the schedule and it was just terrible they just treated them like shit and these people are like in their 40s 50s hated their job grocery clerk you know and and they didn't have the courage and that's what pat's talking about you know
2: yeah i think of
1: one of the best speakers of all time Uh, that you guys have introduced me to Jeff Hoffman. I like, I just, Mm. he's one of the greatest storytellers. And I always think of what he said, his definition of success was, and it was, and it's become my definition of success, which is Mm. I want to get to my deathbed and I want to look in the rear view mirror of my life and everything that has played out behind me and say, damn, that was a hell of a ride. Not Mm. how many times did I win over and over and over again and how many trophies and how much money do I have in the bank and how many people think I'm so cool. It was oftentimes the failures and the inflection points and the rock bottoms that led to my next leg up in my journey of not only success, but becoming a more well-rounded human being that made me feel more human, more alive, more passionate, more fulfilled, more impactful. And so... Part of that is the failures that come along with letting go of something and moving on to the next thing instead of staying on this one linear path that you think you have to be on, obligated to be on for this entire journey of life.
0: Andy, this is so poignant because so many people in our world can relate to this. You're, You're on these different trapeze bars and you're just sailing through life and you're doing... Wow! Look at this one, and you let go of it, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Like oh shit! Now <laughs> I am, and then guess what happens? You freaking fall, and you hit the wall. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's that's a great life. Yeah, you know, not that grocery color who didn't quit eight years ago and is still no. goal. and just dying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I um you know along as you guys have you you reconnect with certain people that were a part of your journey at some stage and they're doing the same thing and then they look at you and they go oh I wish I was doing this or I'm so happy to see all of your success and this and that and 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 I think about that of man if I would have just stayed doing that same thing I would be. In that same spot, really admiring and acknowledging all the other people that are doing deep down inside what I want. And I kind of I, I sense certain times people's either jealousy or envy and how that just eats away at their soul when deep down inside all they want is just to go on this adventure, right? And like that's where I think fear too in this whole process. Is that call to adventure of like, oh shit, all right. This is a little my palms are sweaty, this is making me a little, a little uncomfortable. But this is also what has birthed, you know, new parts of my identity and who I am that I would have never known about unless I literally leaned into that discomfort and fear and looked at it as adventure instead of something that really I gotta run from.
0: Maddie, and you just said the operative word in this convert in this piece of this discussion your identity Mm -hmm. and that's what that grocery clerk didn't have you know the next thing of what am i gonna do what what can i do what's my next incarnation what what will my new identity be and for me When I, um, I'm, I'm like, uh, 1990, I'm in Belize. I come have this discussion. Well, Tim, what are you going to do next? I never want to list another freaking home. Whoa. Well, what are you going to do? Well, you just flipped a home. You did really well on that. What if you never, you just leave. And I wrote a plan, Tim's new identity. You know what's the outcome? What's the purpose? What's the action? I will. I will never list another home. I will now be an investor. Where are you going to find the deals? Where will you get the money? What will you do? There was an action plan of the new identity. And anybody listening to this, you got. You know what it is. You know what you want to do. That's the thing: is
1: writing out the action plan of what will
0: you do. Yeah, and and share it with as
1: many people as possible. I mean, that's the beauty of GoBundance, right? It's one thing to be in your own head and to write your own stuff out, but then to transparently offer and be vulnerable to allow people to come in and, and poke holes in that and give you advice. And as uncomfortable as that can be sometimes or you know, as nerve wracking as that can be sometimes like, I don't want to look like an idiot that my plan might be dog shit. You know, they, they may laugh at my plan, but then they're going to ask questions and you're going to have to go back and sharpen your pencil a little bit more and get more clarity and this and that. And like inviting people in on that quitting journey with you as uncomfortable as that might be one, I think it helps you get a clearer path and plan as imperfect as it can be. To give you the ability to go and execute on it. But then I also think there's something that is very inspirational to other people. It's like a form of leadership and obligation that you owe one to yourself, but to other people that it inspires along the way that may have those same feelings. You might get, you know, you feel like a lone soldier and all of a sudden you got three or four people that are rocking on this journey with you. And it's something now that you guys are doing together. And you may find them as a partner. As yep. part of your plan,
0: so right. what were you going to yeah. say, Pat? Sorry about
2: that. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, one of the things we did with Bigger Pockets, the publishing company, is they for the first two thousand or so books that we sold, they they said ten people get picked in a lottery um, to be coached. And Tim and I had a coaching session last night with them, and there was an engineer, there was a doctor, there was a lawyer. I mean, Nurse, there was
0: accountant all over asses. the <laughs> It was amazing. All
2: of them had an identity, like an, a serious identity, like a serious identity, like an engineer, like, you know what I mean? A doctor. And so, you know, I looked at him. I was like, wow, like this is this is going to be fascinating because I think at, at a party, essentially, any of those people would say, hey, you know, I'm going to quit and people do something sideways. else. They're going to judge you without even finding out about your plan right? Especially, you know, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. one guy was like, Hey, you know, I was a, and my dad was a lawyer and I didn't really think about it. So I just became a lawyer and I could see that. Cause I kind of didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I got a degree in sociology, you know, I was just like, well, I'm going to, I guess I'll be a, social worker or something, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, I think it's easy to get into that point where you turn around and you're like, Holy dirt, you know, I've been doing this 10 years and I really do not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important that you dig deep. I mean, it's not an easy task, but I guarantee you of the people in our coaching course right now, if they do it 10 years from now, they'll be like, that's the best thing I ever did. I'm yeah. so, I'm so much more liberated. I have so much more time with my kids, you know, I'm yeah. just happier,
1: you know? I think about, um, just the whole, you know, I, I, I quit the, the real estate. Tim, you helped me through this with, mm. you know, my business partnership with, uh, with Rach, who were still great friends today. Um, and if, if I didn't go on that path of quitting, Real estate, which I was making good money at, that then opened the door for flipping houses. That then opened the door for buying commercial real estate. That then led to me buying hotels. That like I would have, I if I didn't quit some of those things along the way, I I have and who knows where you know life is. You'd still be
2: an agent, yeah. One thing one thing would lead to one thing leads to another, you know.
0: And think of those trapezes you've been you and and you get better at it you're, you're ninja you know and I, I use the word magician because now we got those magician skills we've done this before yeah we know the freaking drill and we've got all these people behind us that know us like us trust us want to be a part you know and yeah. and you you gain skills
1: because you quit that first thing yeah yeah you know? And yeah. I think too, it is really I've gotten more in a rhythm of instead of being a fix to what is or has to be, I'm so much more open-minded and excited of what can be, what will yeah. come. And it's like the more you Absolutely. do that and get that repetition right, your mind just opens up to the possibilities of what your life really is and that think bigger, act bigger, do bigger, really become something that you truly believe in instead of just hearing somebody, you know pitch yeah. a cliche statement that you're like, all right, whatever, bro. Yeah. I'll keep thinking bigger.
0: And I think one of those magician tools is the ability over time to allow to not think you have, it has to be your way and you have the answer. Sometimes you do, you know, you look for inspiration right. from above mm-hmm. or from Pat Hyben or Maddie, you we'll know, you never, we'll
2: right? never know. Right. I'm yeah. sure Matt's had people, you know, pop in and out of his life. Or opportunities pop in and out of his life that he never planned. I never planned on meeting either of you guys and knowing you so well. I mean, how did that happen, right?
1: Like so true.
2: Like when I was a real estate agent, I mean, at at let's say I was ten years in the business, I I didn't know anybody outside of the state of Maryland, right? I wouldn't think that you know far into the future I'd know two guys from Northern California, two knuckleheads like you, you know, and <laughs> like. It just, uh-huh. You know, you don't know. You just have to let uh-huh. the universe open up.
1: Yeah, that's but
2: so if you don't quit, it never is going to happen because you're too busy. Your mind and your soul can only take in what it can take in. Like, like if you're if you're liberated from having to drive to work or go to work eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours a day, there's so much more that the universe can take in. If Matt was still selling houses
0: you got the blinders on you're on the hamster wheel yeah yeah
2: you'd have missed out on so much you could say you you would have done it anyways but you wouldn't have yeah because you'd have been slapping you know you'd have been out there hustling now you know you'd have done fine because the real estate market's done great but you wouldn't be maddie a
1: yeah yeah no that's that's such a good point i think uh there was something too that reminded me of what we were talking a little bit about earlier of um you know the safety net, right? And I know for a lot of people that maybe aren't in this entrepreneurial space or mindset yet, um that that real financial fear that truly does, you know, put their feet in cement blocks and they just can't move. And I was listening to um it was a podcast. I forget which one it was the other day and this guy was talking about how he engineered his own resignation and he did it over like a 6 month period but he said you know for most companies they they don't want to keep somebody that's unhappy but they just don't know that that person is unhappy and their productivity is kind of mediocre and they're just kind of status quo and getting by and and really most companies want what they want happy fulfilled productive people working for them and so he went and talked to his boss and said hey like I'm not happy here, um you know, I want to go and do this. I'm planning on going and doing this, but I don't want to leave you guys hanging. I want to honor the opportunity that you guys have given me i want to op-, op I want to honor the company and the team that I get to work with, but I will give you x amount of time if you give me this severance package, and he got exactly what he wanted. And he engineered his own safety net that gave him the ability. He said, I will bring on whoever you need to bring on. I will train them. I will serve them at a high level. I would do X, Y, and Z. What do you need for me to make this transition a win-win for everybody? And he engineered this win-win that one was serving the company, but two gave him the runway that he needed to sleep well at night knowing that he was going to quit. I love that. I just thought it was really cool. cool. He talked about engineering this, this resignation and he got a severance package out of it. And it gave his wife the peace of mind. It gave everybody. So like understanding what variables are in your resignation. And resignation can be a subjective word, right? Resigning from your position at work. It could be resigning from your own company to stop doing something, to start something new, whatever it may be. But like, what does that look like? I just thought that was a really cool way of thinking about it and making it a win-win that everybody felt good about and gave him true permission to quit and go and chase something new. And now he's got like, uh, he's called like the Financial Samurai and he's got a blog that he makes like $4 million a year off of. It's freaking amazing.
0: And, and it just tells you everything about him in the way that he went about his quitting. Yep. You know what I mean? He looked for win-wins For the company and himself, he thought everything through of what do they want? Hey, there's a concept. Yeah. And 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 rule number one, always look for win win. Number two, you're not a victim. And and so, you know, number one, you got to make sure they land on their feet. But number two, you got to make sure you get what you want out of all
1: this. That's you know, that's fair. Well, and the beauty was when when the when they parted ways, his boss told him, he said, hey, I've never had somebody do this. And I just want you to know if it doesn't work out, you've always got a place here in this company, which is like how how, how how liberating and empowering does that feel to be like, hey, bro, go do your thing. We're excited for you. If it doesn't work out, we got you." what was your acronym for sleeping at night? Swan. Swan. Swan? Yeah. Sleep ball. Yeah, no,
2: that's great because I think most bosses get pissed when people quit uh, because they, in their minds, they're like, oh, he screwed us. Right. You know, he's going to screw us somehow. He screwed us by left us. He left us hanging with all this work. You know, we didn't know where anything was. It was a disaster. He stole the clients, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You're, it's kind of like going to a car dealership. You're anticipating a bad experience. When somebody quits, Your the boss is anticipating a bad experience. So he he
1: reversed it. Yeah.
2: I love that story. I'm going to use it.
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> so we know that a lot of people are going to want to check out the book. They're going to want to check out the co- coaching course, all the cool stuff that you guys got going on. We didn't even get to talk about some of the other amazing things that you guys are doing and, you know, working on, but, uh, where is the best place for them to check out, get in the book, the coaching course and program. We'll make sure to link all that up in the show notes.
2: Yeah. We made a really easy website. It's, it's quitters That's quittersmanifestobook.com. Everything's on there. The coaching, uh, a link to the book. There's even a little contact oh, cool. us button for For Tim and I, uh, on there. So it's all in one place. Quitters manifesto com.
1: Man. Love you guys. Always appreciate spending time with you guys. I know this book's going to make a big difference and I'm excited to see how many people are impacted by, uh, the Quitters Manifesto. And, um, we'll be sure to have you guys back on the show again. Look forward to seeing you soon, buddy. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth-building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back, and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to RichLifeAcademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live, in person, all kinds of great valuable tools You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always wanna know, who do you guys wanna hear me interview next? Let me know, shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.